Welcome to Living Water Radio. We live in a country and in a kingdom. Today we're going to talk about the kingdom. We'll start by looking at Revelation, the last book of the Bible, the 21st chapter starting with the first verse. My name is Pastor David Burkadal. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I graduated from St. Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota, and Pacific Lutheran Theological Seminary in Berkeley, California. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and San Dimas, California for over 40 years. I worked in a variety of blue-collar summer jobs in college and seminary, served in the Marine Corps, played drums in jazz bands through college and seminary, and a little beyond, and was a competitive master's swimmer on a team before the pandemic. Today, doing gardening and landscape maintenance is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the 110 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. This week, we have been trying to get our newly installed high-speed internet to perform up to its potential. Our internet is faster, but our signal strength around our home is weaker. We are still working out a few bugs in the system. We're at a point in the coronavirus pandemic where our economy is stronger, but our recovery from the virus is weaker. There are a lot of bugs in the system. In fact, we learned this week that over a third of all reported cases of COVID-19 in California have come in the past two weeks. And the cases are rising particularly among young people. It's not the result of more testing. All indicators including cases requiring hospitalization, are rising and bringing a concern of apocalyptic consequences. People we see being interviewed on the news literally say, I don't care. I don't know if they have given this any thought, but the consequence is that they don't care if they give it to anybody else. Our governor reports scientists believe that we are not even in the second wave. We're still in the first We've been struggling with this virus and its global consequences for at least four months. Why? Because human rebellion against God messed things up. Why is the curve becoming curvier? Because of continuing human rebellion. And we can't always know the source of that decadence, that is, decay. That's what decadence means. It's not indulgence as in a decadent chocolate dessert. Would you eat a dessert that is actually decaying? It means decay. For example, if a factory owner dumps toxic waste into the stream behind his factory in order to save money, his bottom line improves, the shareholders are happy, and he sleeps well at night. Meanwhile, downstream, if a child drinks water from that stream and someday gets cancer, not knowing what caused it, it's a disaster. That's the way sin works. It contaminates things in ways we don't even know. It brings decay, and we can't always know the source of the decadence. How does God address this sinful world? He dies for it on the cross. He pays for it with his life. He redeems it. In the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible near the very end of the book, we read, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. 
He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. This is our word of hope. A new heaven and a new earth. The earth isn't going away. It too will be redeemed. The city of God will come, and God's home will be among humans. For we who accept God's gift of faith, a living relationship with the one true living God, made possible for us on the cross, have been redeemed and reconciled to God. Meanwhile, we live in this world, as it is, separated from God by its rebellion, its sin. A world ever in decay, where people do not live the reality of the kingdom of God, under God's reign, in all things, doing God's will, God's justice, but living in their own self-guided way. Paul's letter to the Hebrews, the 11th chapter, the 13th verse, verse tells us this, All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth, for people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. This chapter, the faith chapter, begins with a recounting of the great figures of the Bible in what Christians call the Old Testament books or the Hebrew Bible. Every one of the pivotal people of the Bible, except Jesus, the Son of God, were flawed, sometimes deeply flawed. As Rick Warren has said, God does not call the qualified, God qualifies the called. The great men and women of the Bible were not great because they were great in themselves, but because they had a great God. And every one that Paul mentions died before the advent of the coming of God, yet they lived by faith. Mother Teresa did not want her journals published, but when she died, they were published as her autobiography. The book is filled with her laments, her cries to God for some sense of God's presence, some connection, some affirmation. They did not come. Her critics pointed to those passages as proof that she was a fraud, that she had no relationship with God at all. Others pointed out that this was proof of her saintliness. Some psychologists point out that there is no such thing as altruism, that people do good to feel good, and that they keep doing good because they get this inner reward. Her supporters pointed out that Mother Teresa was a model of sacrificial service to others, and she got nothing in return. She acted only in response to God's call. That was her spiritual greatness. We long for a better country, the new heaven and the new earth, yet we live in this one one in which the kingdom of God already is in this imperfect, sinful world, wherever God reigns. We who have been baptized have been claimed by God forever and have been called, therefore, to make this world more like that one that is to come, simply in response to what we have first, first received in Jesus Christ. We have been equipped to love as we have first been loved, to serve as we have first been served, as a natural outcome of our relationship with the one true living God, with no promise of a personal reward, simply because it is our true new nature to do so. 
I saw a cartoon many years ago in which a character was praying, Lord, there is so much evil in the world. Why don't you do something about it? And the cartoon balloon voice came from heaven and said, That's funny. I was about to ask you the same thing. That is the better country. That is the kingdom of God. Today, let's remember to pray for those who are financially struggling, for the most vulnerable among us, and for those who feel insecurities of any kind. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com and we'll send it to you. Put your prayer requests in an email to the same address, therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com, and we'll include them next time. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or family member. Google it. Do some research. Look around. Phone the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have currently available for your congregation and support the church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders, pray for them, and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google your local hotline or one of the national ones. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay home unless you are providing essential services or needing them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in one. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, including those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours and for those you are sheltering with in isolation. That's it. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people in the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated. Stay hydrated.